Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of abuse. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. In December 2017, Birmingham was hit by a storm that left up to 12 inches of snow on the ground forcing schools to shut and public transport to grind to a halt. Temperatures had been dropping rapidly, and people across the West Midlands braced themselves for a brutally cold winter. Two weeks earlier, amidst a cold snap in the city, the discovery of a vulnerable child's body outside a house in Neatshaws raised questions about the efficiency of the UK's child protective services. He was saying some things to people that we should all have heard and listened to and acted on more swiftly and with greater urgency. This death of of Hakeem was preventable. None of the professionals involved had a full shared picture of Hakeem's lived experience, what life was like for Hakeem. They must keep in focus all the time that it is the well-being and safety of the child that is their responsibility and not allow the adults to divert their attention onto other matters. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 42 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. It hit 2 degrees Celsius on the morning of November 26, 2017. Timothy Busk was outside his home on Cook Street in Neitchels when he noticed someone lying on the grass in his back garden. It took a few seconds for his mind to register what he was seeing, but there was no mistaking it was a person, a small crumpled figure. A child... A dark-haired young boy in pyjamas was curled up clasping a frozen leaf. Timothy ran into the garden, lifted the little boy off the hard ground and carried him into the living room. Carefully placing the child on the sofa, he desperately called out for Laura Heath, who was asleep in the spare bedroom. 35-year-old Laura and her 7-year-old son, Hakeem Hussein, had been staying with 56-year-old Timothy Busk at his flat in a two-storey red brick building on Cook Street on and off for a couple of weeks. The child, still lying on the sofa, had not moved on his own since Timothy had put him there, so Laura dialed 999 at 7.37am. He's dead, she told the call handler. 
My son, he's taken himself outside when we're asleep because he's got asthma and he's fell asleep. Hearing the caller's voice tremble before she burst into tearful sobs, the operator began telling Laura Heath the steps she should take to help her son, but Laura interrupted by saying, He's gone. He's blue and he's stiff. There's no saving him. The call handler told Laura that an ambulance was en route. Laura Heath just continued to cry. He's gone. He's my baby. Paramedics from the West Midlands Ambulance Service arrived at the home within minutes and rushed into the hallway of the darkened flat. They had to manoeuvre themselves and their medical bags past mounds of cardboard boxes that lined the walls of the narrow entryway. Akeem's body was on a black leather sofa in the corner of the cluttered living room. A blanket was draped over his body, but even from the doorway first responders could see that his skin was a tone of cool blue and his lips were void of any colour. They pulled back the blanket. The seven-year-old was only wearing a top and pyjama bottoms. His body was stiff and cold to the touch. Paramedic Kate Woodcock knew that rigor mortis had already set in. There was nothing they could do. Hakeem Hussein was pronounced dead at 7.45am. After the ambulance crew had put their bags away, Kate Woodcock entered the bedroom where she found Hakeem's mother, Laura Heath. The paramedic recalled, she was very upset, very distressed and crying. She said that her son had asthma and that normally when he has attacks at night, he goes outside but goes into her first. She presumed he had an asthma attack that night and gone out without telling her. She said that he would always come into her first before he went out. She said that's what had happened that he had an asthma attack and gone outside. Akeem Hussein was a bright and bubbly little boy, a three-year student at Nietzsche's E-Act Academy, part of what was formerly the EduTrust Academy's charitable trust. In a statement released after his death, head teacher Julie Wright said Hakeem was a great friend to many staff and children with a wicked sense of humour and an infectious giggle. He was a warm and generous-hearted soul who was talented across many areas of the curriculum, but especially so in music and the arts. Julie Wright recalled how Hakeem had stolen the show when he played the role of the Christmas star in his year two nativity play. There wasn't a dry eye in the house as he delivered his lines with poignancy, grace and humour. The twinkle in his beautiful eyes was as bright as the stars in the sky and our love for him will shine out forever from all of his Nietzsche's family. Hakeem had a difficult start to life. Before he was born, his mother Laura Heath was struggling with drug addiction. As a consequence, three of Laura Heath's oldest children had been removed from her care in 2008. When Hakeem was born, both Laura and Hakeem's father were required to complete a residential parenting assessment in 2010. Prior to this, their son was the subject of a child protection plan before his birth. Birmingham Children's Social Care seemed impressed with the family's commitment to improving. Laura Heath had appeared determined and even detoxed from drugs using a methadone programme. But regardless, within a couple of years, more child protection plans for neglect were enacted as Hakeem's parents failed to engage with social services. Hakeem started attending school in 2013 and by March of the following year his teachers noted that the little boy's attendance was poor. His mother often failed to collect him on time, 
and his clothes smelled of cannabis. The school made referrals to social services several times in 2014 and 2015. However, the social care team felt the Laura Heath was parenting appropriately. Hakeem had developed some health concerns and was diagnosed with asthma and eczema at the age of three. He also presented with allergic reactions to eggs and nuts. He was prescribed two types of steroid inhalers, beclomethazone, which is a preventative inhaler, and salbutamol, an inhaler that is administered when an asthmatic person has difficulty breathing. In July 2015, Hakeem was taken to Heartland's Hospital Emergency Department by his father, who was noted as being more hands-on with Hakeem's condition. Hakeem was treated for an asthma attack. The medical staff noted that Hakeem had not been given his preventative inhaler every day, and they urged his father to be more proactive with medicating his child. Three months later, Hakeem was brought to Birmingham Children's Hospital by ambulance after his mother called 999. He was having great difficulty breathing and required oxygen. After treatment, he was admitted to the paediatric ward. The registrar noted that Hakeem's asthma was not controlled effectively at home. It was advised he should be taken to regular outpatient appointments. Near the end of 2015, Hakeem's father was arrested after a 19-year-old woman had been abducted outside a nightclub by two men. Sajid Hussein and Zahir Abbas were found guilty of taking the teenager to an industrial estate in Nietzsche's, where she was sexually assaulted and raped in an attack that lasted over an hour. Hakeem's father was subsequently sentenced to six years in prison. His mother, Laura Heath, became his sole carer, and Hakeem regularly missed outpatient appointments, so he was discharged. Over the next two years, Hakeem was seen at his GP practice, St. Clement's Surgery, in Nietzsche's. He continued to be prescribed inhalers for his asthma with a spacer device a large tube that connects to the mouthpiece of the inhaler to allow children to breathe in more of the medicine, ensuring it reaches their airways. An asthma management plan was written up for Hakeem's mother so that she understood how important it was for him to have both types of inhalers. Sadly, Hakeem's condition did not improve and he was admitted to the hospital's high-dependency unit for four days in 2017. When he was found dead two months later, his inhaler was nowhere near him. West Midlands police were tasked with investigating Hakim Hussein's death. Their first port of call was to speak to Timothy Busk and Laura Heath at home. According to his mother, the night before he died, Hakeem had gone to bed around 10pm. Heath said she wasn't long behind, retiring an hour later. They shared a bed, and she thought Hakeem must have woken up in the night and went outside. Looking around the squalid flat, officers suspected there was more to the story than Heath was willing to share. She was cautioned at 10.45am and taken to a local police station for questioning. The smell of cigarette smoke clung to every surface in the flat. The white ceilings were stained yellow. Ashtrays were overflowing beneath the rubbish that covered the coffee table in the living room and pieces of charred tinfoil were littered next to empty mugs. The bedroom that Heath had shared with Hakeem was cramped and filled with clothing and boxes. During a police interview, Laura Heath admitted she had relapsed and was addicted to narcotics. Her drugs of choice were heroin and crack cocaine, which she smoked. She told officers, I had three ten-pound bags throughout the day. Hakeem was all right on the computer. 
He'd been bad with his chest the last couple of days. He went to bed about 10pm. I smoked what I had left and got into bed with Hakim. The next morning I was told Hakim was dead by Tim. I opened my eyes and Hakim wasn't there. He said my son was dead. Blue and white tape was wrapped around the Cook Street flat and investigators also began collecting evidence at the home where Hakim and his mother had lived off and on. The property was less than 300 yards away on Long Acre. The house was cold and dark, and the gas and electricity had been switched off by the supplier weeks earlier for non-payment. Like the property in Cook Street, the general living conditions were poor, especially for a young child with health problems that were aggravated by elements left within the home. Rotten food was stuck on plates in the kitchen. Rubbish bags were discarded on the floor, and dust and grime covered furniture and work surfaces. Some spaces and one room were inhabitable due to the amount of discarded items. The second bedroom was not as claustrophobic, The furniture was visible with just a bare box bed and mattress next to a basket containing condoms. There was evidence of drug use and a collection of unused prescription medications. Amongst the clutter, investigators found the plastic tubing of a blue inhaler. The metal canister containing the medicine had been removed and the mouthpiece was covered in blackened tinfoil which had been fastened with an elastic hair tie. While the inquiry progressed, a West Midlands police spokesperson confirmed that a 35-year-old and a 56-year-old had been arrested on suspicion of willfully ill-treating a child and were released under investigation. Laura Heath and Timothy Busk were not named publicly at the time, News outlets initially reported that Busk was Heath's uncle. He was later described as a friend. Detective Inspector Jim Monroe from the Public Protection Unit appealed for more information. This is a tragic case and has understandably had a huge impact on the community. We're working with partner agencies including health and education officials to ensure people who are close to Hakim are given the support they need. We are keen to hear from anyone who knew Hakim as we continue to build up a picture of the circumstances surrounding his death. Bouquets of flowers were laid outside the Cook Street flat where Hakim's body was found. Arusa Kusar told the press that the loss of her nephew had torn the family apart. Hakim's aunt went on to say, His father is absolutely devastated and already misses him greatly. All we have left are memories of him, but we will hold him dearly in our hearts. His laugh will stay with us forever. I saw the mum the other night, but I don't really want to say anything about that. She was just really, really upset and heartbroken. She does not wish to speak in person at the moment. She's uncomfortable about speaking. She has people accusing her of all sorts when she is mourning her son's death. Laura Heath had been released while investigations continued, and years passed before the case made headlines again. Three and a half years after seven-year-old Hakim Hussein was found dead. In July 2021, his then 39-year-old mother, Laura Heath, was arrested and charged with four counts of child cruelty and one count of manslaughter. The offences allegedly occurred between April 12, 2017 and November 26, 2017. Heath appeared before Birmingham magistrates on July 15th. Following angry outbursts from some people in the public gallery, 
The magistrate warned the public against posting any accusations on social media. We all want justice for Hakeem, so please do not post anything that may stop a fair trial at court, he said. The following month, Laura Heath appeared at Birmingham Crown Court via video link from HMP Peterborough. The charges alleged that she had failed Hakeem by exposing him to known asthma triggers, smoke, dust and low temperature, impaired her own ability by smoking heroin and crack cocaine, and failed to seek medical help when Hakeem's asthma symptoms were not under control. In January 2022, Heath again appeared via video link from HMP Peterborough. At the plea and trial preparation hearing, she gave two thumbs up to the camera and pleaded not guilty to all charges. Laura Heath was then committed to trial. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Air. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safer families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at scentair.com. The trial began at Coventry Crown Court on March 28, 2022. There was a stark contrast between Laura Heath's booking photograph and how she looked in the dock. Before the proceedings got underway, the court heard that Heath had pleaded guilty to four counts of child cruelty, which consisted of willfully neglecting her son by failing to provide proper medical supervision in a manner likely to cause him injury to health and willfully ill-treating her son by exposing him to heroin and crack cocaine. 
she pleaded not guilty to gross negligence manslaughter. Crown Prosecutor Matthew Brooke argued that Hakeem's death was preventable and it happened because of his mother's neglect. Brooke told the jury, The defendant had a duty to ensure the welfare of her son. She knew that he was suffering from severe uncontrolled asthma. There was an obvious risk that Hakeem might die from such an attack if she did not manage his asthma in accordance with the medical advice she received. Instead, the defendant deliberately prioritised her addiction to heroin and crack cocaine and flouted the medical advice that she received that would have kept her son's asthma under control. Hakeem died as a result. He died alone in the early hours of the morning, sometime between midnight and 6am. An account of the evening before Hakeem's death was provided to the jury which included the times on November 25th, 2017, when everyone in the house retired to bed before the young boy went outside in the middle of the night to get some air. Explaining what Hakeem would usually do when he had difficulty breathing, Matthew Brooke continued, he would wake his mother up. Indeed, he had done so the previous night and asked her to give him his inhaler. The evidence shows on this occasion his mother had not come to his aid, and sadly Hakim's lifeless body was found in the garden outside the flat in Nietzsche's, where he and his mother had been staying. A toxicologist found a high concentration of heroin in the seven-year-old's hair, something that would indicate heavy drug use if he were an adult. The prosecutor detailed how it had been transferred to Hakeem through smoke and inadvertent contact with the drugs in the unclean environment he was living in. Hakeem's cause of death was listed as acute exacerbation of asthma and the prosecutor alleged that Heath's conduct amounted to gross negligence manslaughter. Hakeem had been diagnosed with asthma in 2013 and between 2015 and his death in November 2017, he had been admitted to the emergency room three times due to complications. His condition was reported as being concerning by his GP in 2015, and although follow-up appointments were recommended, his parents failed to engage with the correct services. The prosecution argued that Laura Heath's drug addiction increased in the second half of 2017, and to fund her habit, she began operating as a sex worker out of her home in Longacre. Matthew Brooks said, The defendant prioritised her drug addiction over Hakeem's welfare, despite being aware of the risk that her conduct posed to her son's health. In November 2017, Longacre wasn't a feasible place to stay when the utilities were turned off, so Timothy Busk offered them a room. Busk died before the trial began and had not been charged with Heath in 2021. One of Laura Heath's other children who had been removed from her care in 2008 had seen their mother smoking out of Hakim's inhaler during a visit. Matthew Brooke told the jury, A use of asthma equipment to smoke drugs, you might think, is a metaphor for her neglect of Hakim, symbolising she had prioritised her own need over her duty of care and need to look after her son and his safety. There was evidence of an incident at St. Clement's doctor's surgery in Nietzsche's in April 2017. Matthew Brooke read a statement from the practice manager Angela Hagen, who remembered hearing that Laura Heath had gone to Adams Pharmacy on several occasions without a prescription to get more blue inhalers for her key. Angela Hagen stated, the pharmacy wanted a prescription to cover the issuing of these inhalers. Basically, Hakeem Hussein's mother, Laura Heath, was bypassing us to obtain inhalers from the pharmacy without a prescription. 
after being instructed to stop giving out inhalers without a script from a doctor. The pharmacy informed Heath to contact Hakeem's GP directly to receive a prescription. Heath arrived at the surgery on April 12th. The practice manager recalled, She shouted, Why have my inhalers been refused? The pharmacy sent me around as Angela stopped them from giving me inhalers. At this point, I went to the reception and told her to calm down and stop shouting. A practice nurse had tried to defuse the situation and told Heath to bring Hakeem in, but Heath complained that she didn't want to wait to be seen. Angela Hagen continued, I informed Laura our CCG clinical commissioning group had done a study saying we should only be issuing six inhalers per year unless there's a review. Laura shouted, Liar, you are making this up. Laura pointed in my face and was shouting at me. As she was shouting, she was spitting on me. I told her to calm down, otherwise I would call the police. She said, you want me to hit you, but I'm not stupid. I told her to get Hakeem and we would see him straight away. She told me I was lying and we wouldn't see him. I reassured her and she went charging off. She came back about 20 to 30 minutes later with Hakeem. She barged into the surgery and went down the corridor and sat outside Nurse Kieran's room. She was shouting, I'm here, still waiting outside your door. She had only been waiting a few minutes, but was behaving like she had been waiting hours. At some point, Heath began to shout, If anything happens to my baby, you will be responsible. The court also heard a statement from Dr. Arul Gaspar, who worked at the doctor's surgery. Dr. Gaspar recounted how he communicated to the Birmingham Children's Hospital via letter that month, expressing his concerns that Hakeem was overusing his blue salbutamol inhaler and salbutamol nebules liquid form of the medicine, which is dispensed through a face mask. Hakeem had not been prescribed the use of a nebulizer. Instead, his mother had purchased one herself and used it without medical advice. Between January and March of that year, Hakeem had been prescribed 180 salbutamol nebules, six blue inhalers and four preventative purple inhalers. Dr. Gasper said, It suggests the patient's and parent's knowledge of asthma needed some assistance because we aim to use the preventers more to control the flare-ups of the disease. The fact requests came in for blue inhalers rather than preventers made us question how well they understood asthma. Dora Heath had been told that asthma flare-ups could be triggered by dust and tobacco smoke and that if it was not controlled, it could be fatal. Evidence was presented from staff at Hakim's school about long, unexcused absences totaling almost 60 days since he started at Nietzsche's E-Act Academy. Out of 52 school days in year three, Hakim had only attended 15 and a half days. So Maya Kika, a teaching assistant, explained that Hakeem had told her that previously he had to drag his mother out of his dog's bed to put her to bed. Learning mentor Lisa Harrison recalled that Hakeem's clothing still emitted a dog odour long after his pet had died. Lisa Harrison also remembered Laura Heath arriving at school one day after she had been fined for Hakeem's poor attendance and said that Hakim was fully aware of the things he shouldn't say to staff, otherwise he would be taken away from mummy. Hakim's year two teacher, Hannah Fennell, described how Heath often looked like she had just rolled out of bed, and that Hakim's school bag emitted an unpleasant smell like cigarettes and stale urine. The teacher had asked a colleague, if his bag smells like that, What does his house smell like? 
Hakim's year three teacher, Neelam Kamari, said that Hakim looked like he was being mistreated. Neelam stated, He was neglected, dirty, overgrown hair, dirty clothes. You could see from his hands he hadn't had a bath in I don't know how many days. He was not very well looked after, physical, health-wise. Neelam Kamari felt that Hakim's asthma seemed to be getting worse every day. Neelam Ahmed, the family outreach lead at the school, stated that she had called at Laura Heath's Longacre home on November 1st and noticed a strong smell of cannabis. She directly quizzed Laura Heath about it, and Heath admitted that she was smoking cannabis. However, she claimed that she only smoked in the garden. Nine days later, on November 10th, Hakeem was left waiting for someone to collect him from school at the end of the day. Neelam Ahmed and another colleague walked to Longacre to speak with Laura Heath, as it was far from the first time it had happened. After they knocked on the door, they were not invited in. Laura Heath spoke to them from a window. Neelam Ahmed said, Her eyes were red, popping out of her head, sort of had eye bags under her eyes. She came to the front. I do remember her saying she couldn't find the keys. She was quite erratic in how she presented. I heard noises inside the property. Then she jumped over the fence and came around. Heath was asked to come back to the school. Recounting what Heath did next, the family outreach worker continued, She almost walked or ran ahead of us as we walked behind her. She said she had fallen asleep. I remember her falling off the pavement curb, quite erratic the way she was walking. At that point I was concerned she was under the influence of something, substances or drugs. I remember her apologising to Hakim and saying sorry for falling asleep. I think Hakim made a comment, she's always falling asleep. But before he finished asleep, she cut him off and asked him to get his things. Neelam Ahmed had made multiple referrals to social services about Hakim in early 2017. There were several concerns including his attendance. His unkempt and tired appearance was a red flag and the seven-year-old also spoke of how hungry he was. After Hakim Hussein was identified as a child in need in May 2017, he was assigned a social worker named Stuart Sanders. Sanders knew the family as he was the social worker for Hakim's much older sibling and her baby. The social worker's statement was read to the court by Matthew Brooke. According to Sanders, Laura said the school didn't believe how poorly Hakim was. She said she loved her boy and would love him to go to school, but his health wasn't good. She would like to have homeschooled him but wouldn't be able to give him social interaction. She became emotional when talking about Hakim. She said he was her world. She said her other children had been removed and it wasn't going to happen again. I observed Hakim and Laura had a close relationship. There was never a suggestion Hakim didn't want to be at home. Over time, the social worker found that Hakim had stopped engaging with him and on one occasion Hakim had told Stuart Sanders that he didn't want a social worker anymore. In his statement, Sanders added, I thought I had a good relationship with Laura, but towards the end she was getting frustrated as things were heading towards child protection. Things would improve, then decline again. There were periods of consistency, then it would drop off and pick back up again. It was only after Hakim's death that the social worker learned that Laura Heath was conducting sex work in the property and he was also never informed that the family was staying on Cook Street. After being contacted by Laura Heath's drug support worker, 
Stuart Sanders would come to discover that Heath had been on a methadone program. Sanders was shocked and so paid Heath a visit. She was embarrassed and became emotional. Sanders' statement read, She often said she didn't want to lose Hakeem and got upset. I told her to just be open and honest and work with all the professionals. According to Sanders, he never saw Heath under the influence, and when he visited, he did not see any evidence of drug use in the home. Stuart Sanders last saw Hakeem a few months before he died, but during this period of absence, Hakeem's school continued to raise concerns. On November 24th, a child protection conference was held with Hakeem's teachers, family outreach, school nurse and social workers. Laura Heath had also been due to attend, but at the last minute she pulled out texting to say she was unwell. Neelam Ahmed, the family outreach lead from Hakeem's school, rated Hakeem's safeguarding a zero on a scale of zero to ten. This low score meant Hakeem was highly vulnerable. Neelam told the conference that there were no safety or protective factors in place. School nurse Melanie Richards also rated Hakeem's safeguarding a zero and expressed that she believed Hakeem could die over the weekend. Hakeem's social worker felt that he was around a one or a two on the scale and the panel decided that Hakeem should be put on a child protection plan. Expanding on this development, the prosecutor said, Tragically, although it was concluded that Hakeem was at serious risk, a decision was made not to remove him from the defendant's care. Social worker Stuart Sanders planned to speak with Laura Heath after the weekend, but the next week would be too late. Hakeem Hussein died that Sunday. The jury was shown several text messages Laura Heath sent between July and November 2017. On November 23rd, she texted a friend telling them that she had been lied to and stitched up about the child protection plan conference that was scheduled for the following day. After being told the outcome of the conference on November 24th, she messaged a friend and wrote... Hakeem is on child protection. Neglect. Hey-ho. Gotta do what I gotta do. In the early hours of November 25th, she texted a longtime friend, Chloe Cooper, and asked her to come over to Cook Street so they could get, quote, smashed. Laura Heath wrote to her friend, I can get you the best sniff and we can get pissed. Chloe Cooper testified that she was surprised at Heath's appearance when she arrived. She didn't look like the Laura I left a few years ago. She looked drained and not well. Abusing herself with drugs, you can tell. Her face sucked off her skin. According to the witness, she couldn't believe it when Heath started smoking heroin and crack cocaine in front of her. Chloe Cooper told the court, I wasn't happy. I started having a go at her. I was shocked. I was upset, to be honest, and angry. I was quite aggressive and loud. I wasn't expecting to see my friend like that. It wasn't how I left her. She was doing good before. Hakeem was in the next room. It was around 1.20am and the little boy was complaining that he didn't feel well. Chloe told her friend that she needed to take Hakeem home to their house in Long Acre, so they walked the three-minute journey with Hakeem in Chloe's arms. Chloe said she didn't realise the house in Long Acre was in a worse state than the flat they were in. She testified, It wasn't home at all for her or Hakeem. It was just bags and bags. As soon as you walked in, the kitchen was disgusting. The front room wasn't nice. It wasn't the way I knew Laura lived. A 
according to Chloe Cooper, Laura Heath had always been quite houseproud, and she remembered Heath as a good cook. But when Chloe saw how Heath was living and how Hakeem was sleeping on the sofa, Chloe became angry. Describing the state of the property, the prosecutor said, It was cluttered, appeared dirty and cold and smelt of damp. There was a lot of rubbish around as well as old food and mouldy plates and cups. In the back bedroom there were two single beds and a cot. However, these were covered in clothes, toys and other rubbish and did not appear to be regularly used. There were toys evident and child-sized clothes in this room. In the front bedroom there was a double bed and a wardrobe. However, this appeared to be empty. Next to the bed there was a bedside table with a basket full of condoms. Chloe Cooper gave Laura Heath £30 to top up her gas and electric and told Heath she needed to take Hakeem to the doctor. Chloe had seen Heath give her son his blue inhaler multiple times between the short walk from Cook Street to Long Acre. According to Chloe Cooper, Laura Heath asked if she and Hakeem could go and stay with her, but Chloe turned her down. She told the court that she didn't want her children who had fond memories of Laura to see her as she was. Chloe said, I should have taken Hakeem. I think I offered to take Hakeem, but as a mum you want your kids with you. I'm not just going to take her child like that. Chloe spoke of feeling bad leaving Hakeem. I just wanted to go home to my kids. From my point of view, he was in his own property, even though it wasn't nice. He's at home, not in some crackhead's bed. He's at home in his own environment. I didn't know how ill he was. Otherwise, I would have made better choices. I wish that I did. I went home and went to look after my babies like a mum should do. The money that Laura Heath was given was not put towards gas and electric. She texted a number of unidentified men, writing, Help, it's Laura SOS. I need you, love. Can you land at mine? All fresh and sweet. Need to earn. And... I'm skinned, besides hitting the streets which I really cannot do anymore. I have no option. Hakeem Hussein's initial post-mortem was inconclusive, but a second autopsy was conducted in December 2017. Consultant paediatric pathologist Dr. Roger Malcolmson found that Hakeem had died from acute exacerbation of asthma. The pathologist explained that asthma is an inflammatory process that causes the airways to narrow, which results in difficulty breathing, wheezing, and in extreme cases, death. It is a chronic lifelong condition, and it can get worse, which is called acute exacerbation something that can kill. Referencing his examination of Hakeem, Dr. Malcolmson said, I considered him to be slim. He is slightly below average weight for his age, but his growth had not been stunted. He looked very slight for his age, hollowing of the cheeks and a bit gaunt. His limbs were very thin and his hair was untidy. The pathologist added that during an internal examination he found that Hakim's lungs were hyperextended, overexpanded, and were in an unusual position overlapping his heart. The following month a toxicology analysis was conducted by University Hospital of Leicester forensic toxicologist Dr Robert Smith. He concluded that although subutamol from Hakim's blue inhaler was found in his system, there was no trace of serotide, the preventative inhaler that reduced inflammation. Dr. Smith added, Hakim had not taken the preventer inhaler for between 32 to 40 hours prior to death. 
Nicotine was also present in Hakim's blood, which was believed to have been from passive smoking. Someone was smoking in the same room as him. Former safeguarding doctor Peter Earhart told the court that Laura Heath must have known that Hakim's asthma was not under control. Detailing the lack of care provided by Hakim's mother, Dr. Earhart said, Had she acted then, in my opinion, his deterioration would have been less severe and he would not have died. It's the failings in management of asthma that causes people to die. If managed appropriately, they would not die. In my opinion, this is the case for Hakim. Hakim's asthma was entirely neglected. His mother ignored medical advice and whether he would require medical attention. It was uncontrolled, as his mother did not attempt to control it. A child with asthma should not be in an environment with tobacco smoke. You should be aiming to not have your child in an environment with cigarette smoke. Dr. Peter Earhart said that Laura Heath's conduct left him speechless. Testimony was also provided by consultant respiratory paediatrician Dr. Martin Samuels. Dr. Samuels explained that due to Hakim's age, it would be the responsibility of the carer to ensure that Hakim took his medication regularly. The doctor told the court, If an environment is very untidy, it is likely that it is not cleaned well or regularly, and that will have high dust mite counts, a trigger for many people with asthma. It may mean the medicine is not in a consistent environment. Asthma is a chronic medical condition. The inflammation leads to a thickening of the skin that lines the tubes. It results in an excess production of mucus or phlegm. The inflammation also releases chemicals in the lining of the skin that cause the muscle to spasm and become tight. The air passages can develop a variety of changes. They can develop a permanent thickening and a scarring process. This can lead to more long-standing and severe problems. The person who has asthma which is untreated, it is easier for those air passages to become infected. It does mean they develop more acute attacks and makes them more difficult to treat. There's a greater risk of death. Laura Heath decided not to testify in her own defence, and although no witnesses were called on her behalf, a card Heath had written for her son after his death was read to the court. To my baby Hakim, my little boy loved dogs. My little boy who got angry when people hurt dogs. I promise you, my prince, I will not take my own life. I love you, my baby. You will always be in my heart. Co-counsel for the prosecution, Jonas Harkin QC, began closing statements on April 21, 2022. He told the jury that Hakim's lungs were hyperinflated, narrowed, stiffened and inflamed as a consequence of neglect. Referring to Hakim's need for hospitalisation in 2017, the prosecutor said that Laura Heath should have realised the risk to her son's health, but instead she prioritised her own needs. Quote, It is no good to argue this is health poverty, that the defendant's circumstances are the cause of that adverse environment, because the defendant made choices, choices to fuel her own drug addiction in preference to medicating her child. She had access to the GP, Nurse, the hospital, social workers, drug workers, all of whom she either disengaged from or literally hid from or ignored. This is not the consequences of an unfortunate position. Many people in this country have poor income, very little means and children suffering from illnesses, not only asthma. Their children are their priority. That's what this case is about. 
His reaction to hearing that Hakim was being placed on a child protection plan was hey-ho and asking a friend to join her on a drugs binge. Jonas Harkin QC remarked, You might as well ask yourself what chance did Hakim have with his mother and her priorities. His death was avoidable. His death was a needless, premature death. A part of the spacer device needed to ensure Hakim's medication worked effectively was found under the clutter during police searches. Jonas Harkin QC was of the belief that Laura Heath's decision not to give Hakim his preventer inhaler deprived him of a chance to live a normal life. Defence counsel Isabella Forshall QC argued that Hakim's death was the last thing that her client wanted to happen. Laura Heath is not just a hopeless mum, she was also a loving mum, the barrister said. That's worth remembering. She's not a woman who lacks love for her child. The defence admitted that Laura Heath had told Porky Pies to doctors, social workers and others, which prevented them from realising how neglected Hakim was. But the barrister contended that it wasn't Heath's actions that caused her son's death. Isabella Forshall QC argued that it was hard to say that the nebules Hakim was taking hadn't made his asthma worse. According to the barrister, his nighttime exacerbations were managed at home. They had a plan that worked. It's not a great plan, but it's a plan that worked for them. If she failed to wake up on the 25th or 26th despite an attempt by him, then you can be sure that's the first time it happened. Laura Heath had denied that smoking 55 pounds worth of drugs per day made it hard for Hakim to wake her up. And the defence counsel said, Once you are an addict, it's not a choice. It's an illness. It's an illness from which there's really no final recovery. You can be a recovering heroin addict, but never completely better. It's always waiting to catch you out again. It's a vulnerability. A vulnerability long predates Hakim's birth, and you will all know her latest episode in her failed battle with addiction started when Hakim's dad was sent to prison. Isabella Forshall QC concluded her closing argument by telling the court, Miss Heath was not a good enough mum, and she did neglect Hakim, and did so in important ways which had an impact on his respiratory health, and she will answer to my lord in sentence. But actually, when you look at all of it, you can't be sure she's so culpable she should bear the responsibility for killing her son. The jury deliberated for six hours and 20 minutes before returning with a verdict. Laura Heath was found guilty of gross negligence manslaughter. She put her head in her lap while the gallery and jury box were cleared. Heath was remanded back into custody until she could be sentenced at a later date by Mr Justice Duff. In April 2018, Birmingham's Children's Social Care Services were taken over by Birmingham's Children's Trust. Andy Coldrick, the chief executive of the trust, felt that there were clearly missed opportunities in Hakim's case. He stated, I think that for too long social workers worked in what they believed was partnership with the mother and didn't understand the amount of disguise and deception in regards to her substance use in particular, and Hakeem, who had an additional area of vulnerability because of his asthma. I think different agencies and services connected with Hakeem didn't do enough to seek information from each other and share that information. A serious case review was completed but publishing was delayed until after the criminal proceedings concluded. 
Laura Heath was brought back to Coventry Crown Court on April 28, 2022. Before the sentence was passed, Isabella Forshall QC acting for Heath said, The worst has already happened to this woman. She is responsible for her child's death. Mr Justice Dove described Hakim Hussein's tragically short life as an inspiration of happiness and affection for those who are fortunate enough to know him. Speaking directly to Heath, the judge went on to say, All that potential for a wonderful, fulfilling life was cut short and extinguished as he collapsed on his own suffocating, clutching a leaf in the garden at number 40 Cook Street. We can only imagine the pain and fear which must have blighted the end of his young life. For anyone, let alone a child, this was a shockingly terrible way for him to die. The question which anyone learning of Hakim's death would naturally ask is how could it possibly be that this happened? The truth is, in short, that Hakim died as a result of your deplorable negligence in caring for him as his mum. He died as a result of your catastrophic and deplorable parenting. The judge said that Heath's parenting was impacted by a downward drug-fueled spiral in early 2017 and that their lives became squalor, chaos and tragedy. Mr Justice Dove told Heath, You had allowed your life to be completely overtaken by addiction to heroin and crack cocaine. They were your priority over everything else in your life, including your son. You were spending a large amount of money on your drug habit rather than heating your home when you knew cold was a trigger. You devoted enormous amounts of time to, as you put it, blagging your family and friends to get money for drugs rather than cleaning Hakim's home, which became filthy and squalid. Most significantly, it became an environment not safe for Hakim, full of smoke and dust which were triggers for his asthma. Mr Justice Dove recalled the night of Hakim's death and was of the firm belief that drugs Heath had taken prevented her from waking up while her son was having a fatal asthma attack. The judge told the court, Without anyone to help or support him, he made his way out into the garden and died probably very frightened and no doubt suffering alone and fighting for breath. His death was needless, tragic and as a result of an abject failure of his mother. Mr Justice Dove did not accept the defendant's addiction as a mitigating factor and told her, you should have taken Hakim's advice and stopped taking drugs. Laura Heath was sentenced to 20 years in prison and was required to spend a minimum of two-thirds of that term behind bars. So where are we now? The Serious Case Review Report was released in September 2022. The review had been ordered in 2018 by Penny Thompson, the independent chair of the Birmingham Safeguarding Children Partnership. Voicing her dismay, she said, It is horrendous that Hakim's unhappiness and fear of repeated asthma attacks, some of which required hospital admissions, and the marked reduction in his attendance and performance at school, did not trigger more effective intervention. The Serious Case Review Report was authored by Jenny Myers in 2019. She found that there was confusion between professionals surrounding poorly managed medical conditions and wider childhood neglect. There was also poor communication between those responsible for Hakim's welfare and a lack of understanding of his daily lived experiences. Several things Hakim had told teachers were quoted in the report, such as, I am 5% happy, 100% angry, and 1,000% scared. 
Hakim had complained of being hungry and said he didn't get breakfast or lunch on the weekends and couldn't wash regularly as they had no money for gas and electricity. Another quote from Hakim also read, My mum sleeps all day and no one takes me to school. I take care of myself whilst mum is asleep. The author believed that medical neglect, missed appointments, non-school attendance, Laura Heath's drug use and Hakim's own statement should have triggered a more robust response. In fact, Heath had told Jenny Myers from prison that she believed children should be removed from the care of parents with an active drug addiction. The author wrote, Hakim's mother admitted her addiction was costing over £55 daily. She smoked heroin in the bedroom where Hakim slept and made makeshift crack pipes out of his prescription inhalers. If the drug key worker or social worker had gained access to the house or been more inquisitive about mother and her drug addiction, they would have seen this for themselves. In an interview with Birmingham Live, BSCP Chair Penny Thompson voiced her opinion that it was easy to get angry and seek someone else to blame. However, the person responsible for Hakim's death was hiding what was going on and did not seek help. Quote, The person to blame is Hakim's mother, who is in prison for a very long time, but there is an enormous amount of learning for all the agencies involved. I'm not going to sit here and guarantee nothing awful would ever befall a child again, but I can say partners are as committed as they can be to identify children who need to be safeguarded and protected and work collectively. A major part of Hakim's story is the neglect of his asthma. Ultimately, the management of asthma was the thing from which he died. And many of us do not realise asthma can kill if not managed properly. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our patrons for their support. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website they walk among us podcast.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.